Welcome to the Five More Minutes podcast. Here we are. What are we like? Day 28, 29? I've totally lost track. It is Blur's Day of April 2020. This weird leap year that <laughs> I saw what I mean the other day. 29 days in February and 600 days in March. What a weird year, people. Ugh, oh my goodness. Well, we are going to keep things continuous with the with the 5 More Minutes podcast. Welcome. I'm Shelly Moore. I am your host. Welcome. Um, so we are here. <sighs> what can I even tell you? So we've been in our house for days. We're getting to the point where we are <laughs> wondering what the purpose of our lives are. Um, we are running out of things to talk about with our family. Oh, my goodness. Can you even believe this? This this is just so such an unimaginable scenario for all of us. Ugh. Anyways, the sun is shining. Well, it is in in, uh, in BC here right now, Vancouver and Bowen Island. So I hope that it is nice where you are too. Um, this this month, this month, let me tell you, so much has happened though in my little like isolation chamber of my house. So first thing I have to tell you on my list of things is uh, we have been doing our five more minutes book club and I think last time we were together I mentioned it it was um the book is called uniquely human by Dr. Barry Prezant and he present you know I always get his name wrong I'm sorry Dr. Barry I'm just gonna call him Dr. Barry and we've been meeting every morning at 9 a.m um on Instagram live and let me tell you it's been so fun there's been like 200 people showing up and it's it's quite funny because we're using the book as the kind of the the anchor but it's just turning into like really funny rants and some really actually some really really meaningful conversation like today we had a really great talk about you know uh, how to we, we can refer to people with disabilities and you know why it might be problematic to use the term special needs or even like diverse abilities you know and kind of the implications around all of that uh we have some really really incredible um self-advocates that are joining and i don't know it's just really turned into this community that i'm I'm really looking i really look forward to connecting with every single day um it's also keeping me having a little routine so i think i've received some really nice emails from people just you know thanking me and appreciating me for having this little morning um we call it the secret society but at the same time like I'm actually really appreciative too because um, I'm one in the summer especially to kind of like forget my purpose and I end up sleeping too much and then when you sleep too much you get depressed so it's actually kind of keeping me and my brain active and my life a little bit in a routine so yeah no um, I'm loving that little book club uh the good the exciting thing is that we're almost finished this book up we should be finishing it within the next couple of days and uh we have a next book all lined up so our next book is going to be kids these days by dr jody carrington and i have connected with her who is very excited to kind of be a part of this with us and so we're going to start that on april 15th so i've posted a little um information about how to be a part of that book club on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram. Um, so if you want to join us, all you have to do is, is come to Instagram at 9 a.m. Vancouver time, and um, it'll be on there live. But I'm also archiving all of the episodes, so if you can't join us at that time, um, just go look on the YouTube channel, because we're just going to keep going, because it is so fun. Uh, the other exciting thing is that um, last week, 
last Monday, uh, we released the next five more minute video. Now, here's the thing about the video is when I filmed this, I had no idea that there was going to be a pandemic and so I didn't really think that this was going to align like this particular video was going to align with um the, the context of society right now but what's actually kind of interesting is if you've seen it basically the big idea is that um it, it uses kind of the metaphor of a quote that I saw I think it's Alexander de Haya, 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 it's Dutch, I know, I'm going to chop up that name, um, and just really talking about, you know, um, the, the metaphor of the garden, and, you know, if a flower is not blooming, it's not the flower that you need to attend to, it's actually the conditions in the soil, and the conditions in the environment, and so using that metaphor as a metaphor for classrooms to say, okay, well, if a student isn't, isn't, thriving or blooming like you know special education services really often zoom in on the kid and how to fix the kid as opposed to wait a second what if it's the environment that needs support now the interesting thing about this though is that making this video I was thinking that classrooms were the environment but the part that's fascinating is that it actually is a really good video to describe right now because the question is how do we help kids thrive in this distance continuous remote learning situation but we're still very much focused on the kid as opposed to their their entire conditions of learning and existence has changed and so it kind of is is a really good video to to remind i know it really reminded me about this isn't just about recreating learning conditions but how do we actually create conditions period like we have to like create a garden um for our kids because it doesn't it, it doesn't exist in the same way as the classroom and so um, it's actually kind of a, a good video for the time, and I'm so excited to introduce you to my guest today, uh, who is, is is just an incredible advocate and parent and um, just a navigator of the world, and uh, we and her have a really good conversation today about just these conditions and how we can help our kids, especially kids who have disabilities, you know, not just thrive, but navigate this new condition that exists that is completely different than a classroom in a school. So my guest today is ready drum roll Tamara Taggart my friends lover she has become a good friend um, through this journey of inclusion um, I've known her longer than she's known me which <laughs> we'll learn about um, she used to be in television she um, was a news anchor for a long time and now she is um, doing some podcasts with TELUS just spoke to Arlene Dickinson and Dr. Bonnie Henry so she's a pretty phenomenal woman and is just an absolute champion for the disability community because you're gonna meet Beckett uh, who is is almost 13 years old and has Down syndrome and is just the happiest one of that honestly he's one of the happiest people I've ever met whenever I see a picture of him um this is the biggest smile on his face and so uh, Tamara has really become a champion in society for how to advocate for our kids and she says she says this in the interview just you know just the importance that she holds of just that everyone in, in our in our lives are equal um, but also I really like and I'm not going to give it away but it actually wasn't Beckett that taught her that and I think that it's it's kind of interesting that she's become this champion and she uses the word captain so I'm really excited for you to hear our conversation um, she is a woman a strong a strong and positive uh, female role model for the world today not just a role model and some, someone person who I admire and look up to very very much and so I'm excited for you to kind of have a little listen I have to do apologize because 
my Wi-Fi kind of cuts out a little bit, um, but not for very long, and so we fix it. And so hopefully you can find the continuity of the conversation, but we'll do some editing. But uh, yeah, no, sit back, relax, uh, have a listen to my friend and yours, Tamir Taggart, and I will talk to you soon. Okay, so hi. Hi. How's quarantine life going for you? Um... I would describe it as a roller coaster, an emotional roller coaster. It totally is, right? Uh, yeah, physical roller coaster. Yeah. Uh, I'm exhausted, uh, you know, emotionally, mentally, physically. It. I. I, I am feeling so guilty because I'm like, oh, this is amazing. I have a month off. I can get my PhD done. <laughs> nope. I'm like, I need so many naps. I need. <laughs> I need to lay in my hammock. Oh, it's hard. Oh my gosh. It's super hard. You're laying in your hammock? Well, let me tell you. So I moved to Bowen, as you know. Yes. And so we have our deck, and we got a hammock, and I'm laying in my hammock every day (laughs) and not writing a PhD. So you know what I'm going to do? What? Uh, My kids are totally, they've been quarantined for four weeks now. It's unreal, yeah. I am going to bring them over to Bowen and leave them with you, and you will never lay on your hammock again. (laughs) It's amazing. We also have a pond with goldfish. So, I mean, we can do science. We can just... <laughs> um, you know what, Shelly? What? Um, three kids uh, equals exhausting. I can't even believe it. Like, I'm thinking to myself how I'm so I'm so thankful that I'm not in my, like, 800-square-foot apartment in Vancouver right now yeah. and that we moved to Bowen. So I can't even imagine people living in Vancouver, let alone with three children and dogs and animals like yourself. Well, it's, it's a lot. And I think the thing is, is we're so used to our kids, you know, going to school or yeah, yeah. Uh, having an activity, whether it be totally. swimming or something. And so, but to find yourselves all in one spot 24 <laughs> seven, and don't get me wrong, there are moments where I am so happy and, yeah. um, and it's most of the time, right? I'm, I am, I am grateful to have, you know, my family and, oh, speaking of which, (gasps) do we have a visitor? Come over here, Beckett. You're going to sit there. Okay. He'll come over. (laughs) No problem. No problem. The thing about Beckett is, is uh, Beckett does what he wants when he wants. It's on his time. I get it because I'm the same way. Well, how about Um, while uh, Beckett is hanging, hanging out, uh, why don't we do like a little intro? Yeah. So why don't we? I would st- love that. So why don't we start with hi everybody? Uh, oh, who is this wearing my favorite color? Do you want to put the headphones on for a minute? No, you don't. Okay. <laughs> hi Beckett, how are you? Can you say hi? Hi Beckett. Say hi. Hi, hi Shelly. Hi, I'm Shelly. It's so nice to meet you on the screen. I hope I get to meet you in what real life one day. Where are you? Where okay. are you? Oh, you know where I am. I'm on a little island. Oh, I'm going to try the headphones. Yes. Hey, Beckett. Hi. How are you doing? (laughs) (laughs) That's all you're going to get, Shelly. Hey, no. Thanks, Beckett. Thanks, Beckett. There he goes. Thank you, friend. Okay, so here I am with Tamara Taggart. Tamara Taggart, tell us who you are. Uh, My name is Tamara Tager, born and raised in Vancouver. I am a mom of three. I have two girls that are nine and 11, Zoe and Poppy, and I have a boy who is 12. His name is Beckett. Uh, We have four pets and um, yeah. What are the other two? What are the other two? You have two dogs and two cats? 
two cat dogs, two cats. So we have Penelope, yeah. uh, a rescue from Mexico. We have George, who, love, who yeah. is a big bad Airedale. <laughs> and then we have two rescue cats named Broccoli and Brussels Sprout. Oh, I didn't know about those two. Okay, so sorry to interrupt. So you used to be yeah. in TV. I used to be in TV and uh, now I'm not. It's been two years and I am uh, figuring out what my next chapter in life is going to look like. Totally. Well, I've been noticing you've been doing some podcasts with Tell Us Talks. Yeah, so That's they, cool. they actually called me up and yeah. said, "Do you, we want to do a podcast, never done one before, yeah. uh, and we want you to host it. What do you think? And I said, yeah. Cool. And you know what? It was uh, the next day that we uh, we basically were told to go into self-isolation. No way. And so um, it's been great. I've been doing it from our basement yeah, and yeah. talking to some <laughs> really interesting people. And it's really, it's it, it feeds my curiosity. And yeah. I, that's the one thing I really miss from being in news and television yeah. is that I haven't I'm a curious person. Yeah, you're and such a, I and you're such a conver- you're a conversationalist, right? Like, you're yeah. you're so good. Like, that's one thing that I've really learned from you is just like, I could just listen to you talk to people, Aww. because it's like it's like you've known them. You know what I mean? Like, you, there's no strangeness. I'm like Tamara Taggart. She knows what she's doing. <laughs> it's like this used to be your job or something. I talk. Yeah, right. I talk to everybody like they are my friend. That's no, just sort of you the do. Way I roll. You totally yeah. do. Ugh. Okay. So now, okay. So okay. Let me tell. Okay, back up the track yes. a little bit. So, yes. Tamara Tager, I have known you for much longer than you have known me, um, and we kind of found each other in the social media world. Hey. Mm-hmm, yeah, kind of. And then we were eventually introduced in person at the Down Syndrome Conference, Canadian Down Syndrome Conference. Well, uh, no, remember, I came to one of your talks at a school. <gasps> that's right. That was before. And I brought oh, some of my girlfriends. That's right. That's right. And we all okay. have kids with, uh, I think all of us there have a child with Down syndrome yep, that we yep. that we, we all came to, to watch you. That's and right. we immediately fell in love with you. And that was such all, a fun we night. all decided that we had to be your friend. Well, we are. And we did. <laughs> we did become yeah. friends. And it was so funny because I did a, I did a recent um, presentation for an organization in Calgary who supports families with Down syndrome. And I'm like, you guys, I don't know if your little mom group is as like president <laughs> as the one in, in BC but let me tell you I want to be part of this club and because uh, we then we met up all the moms at the Canadian yeah. Down Syndrome Conference and had happy hour and I have been dying to recreate this evening for months and we were going to in a week I, I before. know we were going to and then Nuts. you know the pandemic so here just, we are <laughs> just the pandemic so then I was just like you know what I've been wanting to get you on my podcast since since that first day that we met and uh so here we are and what oh, a good time well, i'm really happy you asked me and i'm i'm it's it's an honor to be talking to you because well, i think you. that you're pretty pretty amazing thank you tamara likewise <laughs> likewise okay so my first question to you is, is i think that um what kind of brought us together is beckett and yeah. so i want to know about beckett tell me tell me what do you want the world well, to know about him well, Beckett is, uh, he's a pretty cool kid. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he's 12. Uh, he, he's turning 13. I can't believe it. He's turning 13 in August. That's amazing. Um, is he a Leo? He, he is a Leo. August it. 2nd. He is it. a Leo. Just like me. I have two Leos. <gasps> yes. Yeah, Everyone needs a Leo, a Leo in their life. Everyone. Well, I'm a Taurus, so there you go. Oh, like my mom. <laughs> <laughs> Balances so, us out. 
Yeah. So Beckett, um, you know, Beckett was a surprise mm-hmm. uh, that he wasn't a surprise. Uh, his extra chromosome was a surprise. Fair enough. And uh, we were pretty scared at first, terrified. Um, and that went away pretty quickly for me. Mm-hmm. I was, you know, it was it was a really weird time for me because when I was pregnant, I was on the cover cover of some magazines locally, yeah, yeah. and it was like, you know, Tamara's having her first baby, and <laughs> I was on TV doing the weather at the time, yeah. and it was a big event. And then when he was born, I knew I knew instantly that he had Down syndrome, but nobody said anything to mm-hmm. me, and uh, until the next day. And, Are you serious? Uh, yeah, because wow. they, they didn't know either. And okay. the funny thing is that when, you know, when I can reflect back on it, my husband too. So my husband, Dave, is half yeah. Japanese. Okay. So when Beckett was born, he, the doctor said, oh, Dave, you know, what is it? And he said, it's a boy and he looks Japanese. You know, he was so excited. <laughs> so cute. Totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. And everybody looked at him and said, are you Japanese? And he said, yeah, I'm half Japanese. And yeah. because of, you know, there's some, there's some physical yeah, characteristics totally. uh, that come with uh, Down syndrome. And so because Beckett had an almond shaped eye, totally. and, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. different things, they were like, oh, maybe, maybe he doesn't have Down. They were sense. thinking this, maybe he doesn't have Down syndrome. Maybe he just, you know, has some quarter some Japanese Asian qualities. Totally, yeah, totally. Exactly. So uh, it was, they did a blood test and then five days later we had it confirmed. <gasps> no way. Yeah, it was really, uh, I it, it seemed to take forever. And I'm not going to lie, we were devastated. Well, and I mean, we were, even in that, I can imagine like in those five days of waiting, yeah. just like what the not knowing, the fear of not knowing, right? It was, it was so scary for us. And, you know, Dave and I both had blackberries. <laughs> so <laughs> there's not a lot of surfing. <laughs> Uh, the internet with the little, on BlackBerry. With the little pearl. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. uh, and I didn't, I didn't look at anything. I really didn't. Yeah. Dave did. He was searching lots of stuff and there was uh, all of these questions. Anyways, you know, it was confirmed. It was scary. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I immediately said, okay, uh, we're done. We're not going to be scared. We're not mm-hmm. going to cry. We are the captains of Beckett's team. Yeah. And the thing about being a captain is, is everybody on the team looks to the captain to see how they are feeling. That's so true. So if we are going to act um, sad and scared, guess what? Our parents are going to be sad mm-hmm. and scared. Our friends are going to be sad and scared. So yeah. nope, not going to happen. So Dave and I just really took this lead, mm-hmm. uh, as scary as it was, to just, yeah. this is our boy. We love him. He's, you know, and I wrote, mm-hmm. it took me seven years to, or seven years. <laughs> it took me seven hours. It felt like seven years <laughs> to write an email yeah, to yeah, all yeah. of our friends. And yeah. we, I wrote it out and we sent it to like, 200 people, everybody awesome. I worked with, everybody awesome. Dave knew everybody. And it was yeah, like, yeah. and I've, I've given that email to a lot of uh, well, people. This is what I was going to say. It. Yeah. Well, I was going to say this too, because I think that, you know, you were the captains for your family, but because you had such a public profile, you also became a real champion for the disability community around us right like many people look to you for just guidance and how to be the captain when they have a child with down syndrome and expanding even beyond that right Uh, yeah I guess that's I yeah it is true in some ways you know I remember the first two people that I talked to on the phone when Beckett was born yeah yeah and the thing I remember about them Mm -hmm. they had kids that were older Mm -hmm. but what I remember is is when I phoned them yeah because I got their number from somebody else or or they reached out to me mm-hmm. or something. They dropped everything they were doing. Oh, everything they were doing that's and huge. T- 
talk to me for as long as I needed That's to. That's beautiful. And I thought, you know what? I'm going to be this person one day mm-hmm. that somebody calls. You right? are. And I was. Yeah, And you I are. still am. And I said the same thing to, and I mean, you know a lot of the people that I talk to. Yeah, you know yeah. Them, and you know them. I said the same thing to them. I said, you know what? Yeah. I Here's what I promise you. I promise you everything's going to be great. Yeah. I do. I, I know you can't see this right now, but I yeah. promise you it's going to be great. And I promise you that one day, you are going to be the person yeah. getting this phone call it's and so you're true. going to say the same thing. And yeah. it really has worked out that way. And we've yeah, got yeah. this really beautiful community and I, I'm really proud of our community. I love it. I love your community. I'm like, just, I just, like I would like a child with Down syndrome so that I can be like an authentic part of this community because it's just such a beautiful group of people. I just love it. It is. I've met the most like I have these friends that mm-hmm. I would have never ever met before, right? Yeah, yeah, and here yeah. We are, we're, and and we never talk about Down syndrome. We never talk about like yeah. it's not that's not what identify what you know. No. It's not our identity. It's not our kids' identity. Yeah, it's just they just happen to have an extra. Chromosome. It brings you together. Your your shared experience. Mm-hmm. <gasps> yeah, so good. Okay, so yeah, this is a unique time in our lives right now. We talked mm. a little bit about it, this whole social distancing thing. And, you know, if, you know, if you know um, a lot of my podcasts, well, I try and connect all my podcasts to the five more minute videos, which you watched mm-hmm. today. And the videos were all filmed before I knew there was going to be a global pandemic. Okay. So. Yes. I mean, how did you not know this, Shelly? I mean, but it's so funny because the one that I just released for spring, I filmed that like probably a week before I got home. Do you know what I mean? Like Mm. it is close, but it had to be next because it's about spring. Like I can't show that one in December. Right. No, you can't. And so then I started rewatching this and my cousin does all the production. He's in New Jersey. And so he's producing this video and I'm like, so the topic of this month's video is, is about spring and it's about how do we create conditions in the soil for our garden as opposed because when we're in the garden, we never put the emphasis of success on the flower. We put it on what are the conditions to create success for flowers to grow. Mm-hmm. And so this whole metaphor about what are the conditions that our, that our kids need in classrooms and how do we support those conditions so that our kids can blossom and our kids can mm-hmm. bloom. But the thing that's weird right now is that all of the conditions have changed for everybody, right? Yeah. And so it's bringing up some really key questions, not just only in, we're now not only just supporting classrooms, now we need to support homes and families mm. and parents, but also it's bringing up a big whole bunch of questions about why we do the things we do in education in mm. general, right? So my, my first question for you, and, and, and can we talk about Beckett? Because I know that you're yeah. an expert in terms of Beckett. Like if you were to think of the conditions of school, the conditions of learning if Beckett was at school, yes. okay? And, you know, what would you say works for him to allow him to be successful and to grow? Number one is routine. Oh, yes, good one. 100% routine. He needs routine mm-hmm. and he loves his routine. Beckett loves school. Yeah. Uh, we've been at the same elementary school since kindergarten. He's in grade seven now. And he is one of the most popular guys there. Oh, I can imagine. <laughs> uh, he has so many friends. It's it's wonderful. Mm-hmm. Um, so friendship is also really important. So we have yeah. routine and friendship. Yeah. 
And uh, he's a visual learner. Mm -hmm. So he likes, um, he gets his, all of his lessons are very visual, mm -hmm. right? And, um, and he, he, the, he's a very social boy. Yeah, he is. So, and this is what's been hard, right? As we, you know, as we're now not in class. So, and it's mm -hmm. what's been the hardest for me, but I would say in, in his classroom setting of which he just thrives, he always mm -hmm. has, um, routine, uh, friendship, mm -hmm. um, the social aspect of it. And, um, and his, uh, his responsibilities at school, he mm -hmm. has responsibilities there. They all do, right? All yeah. kids yeah. there have responsibilities and he knows what his are mm -hmm. and he's very good at them. And, and just like the, the expect, the high expectations that come with being, having roles and responsibilities in a community. Yes. Yeah, totally. And his, his responsibilities and roles may be very different than yeah. another child his age, yeah. but they're still his yeah. and they're still very important to him. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and, and that's why he has done so well mm -hmm. in the elementary school setting because, mm -hmm. uh, they know him, they've known him mm -hmm. since he was five. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> they're a very inclusive school Yeah, and, uh, and it's a smaller school, you mm -hmm. know, it's, mm -hmm. a and and so you know he's in a portable and uh he you know he's he's he has his freedoms now of being able to with a watchful eye yeah. go into the school you know what i mean yeah like yeah so yeah it's um even you know when i even think about his lunchtime routine at mm -hmm, school right mm -hmm. like he's got that routine they all do they go into the gym they all eat they and then they go play yeah so those things are all gone now right but though in yeah, school yeah. that's kind of his his um that's what goes into his yeah. soil right well if or, it makes sense if you say like friendship like routine visuals and friendships those are mm. all things that that he can't manifest himself do you know what I mean? Like, none yes. of us create those things. Like, those are three really good examples of those are conditions of an environment, not something mm -hmm. we can change in a person. Yes. Right? And so I think those are yes. really, really good examples. So then my next question was, you know, now that these conditions have shifted and mm. now, you know, he's now in, a, in his home with his family and his dogs and his pets and, you know, his life, you know, how or has those conditions shifted for him or what, what in the environment has had to shift so that he still can be successful in this weird time right now? Yeah, so that's the thing. Um, it's all changed. Yeah, yeah. It's all been thrown out the window. Yeah, yeah. We, we haven't figured out a routine. Mm -hmm. um, his friendships are um, obviously still there, mm -hmm. but now they're through video. Right. It's not, not the, the same. same. No. It's um, very hard for him to understand. Mm -hmm. He has, uh, and the visuals... Um, you know, I've got his books and stuff like that, but it's, it's, it's really hard, Shelly. And mm -hmm. I, it's, it's, this is probably the hardest thing mm -hmm. right now for yeah. me and yeah. my husband and for Beckett. And it's, you know, my girls are um, able to go online independently mm -hmm. with their teacher and learn. Yeah. They can do that, yeah. you know, at nine and 11. And, uh, and when they're done with their teacher, then they go and they, they work on their work. It's, mm -hmm. it's really quite amazing mm -hmm. to watch. Beckett is not the same. Mm -hmm. The iPad to him is, a, is for fun. Yeah. Yeah. The, you know, so, and when he's talking, so the first day that we arranged, so we're trying to take baby steps. Yeah. 
That's what we're trying to do. Like, yeah. and I'm talking baby, baby. I feel like I'm starting all over again. Mm-hmm. And, and it's causing me enormous stress. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, and it's, it's, it is definitely what keeps me up at night. No, for sure. Um, uh, and so it's, you know, the, but the first time he talked to his support workers and his teacher, mm-hmm. he wouldn't come to the computer. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and he kept saying, bye-bye, bye-bye from a distance, right? Mm-hmm. And so then I hung up from them and I went in the living room and he was crying and I had to hold him while he cried. Yeah, it's so confusing. He doesn't understand. Yeah. And to I him, think- everybody has abandoned him. That's right. what it feels like. Yeah, they were there and now they're gone. Yes. No, totally. And I think this is, um, I think a lot of people are feeling this. Like I'm getting mm-hmm. so many messages from families and teachers and just in this, this kind of this like, and I don't even know, I don't even know if anyone has actually said this to anybody, which is why I'm trying mm-hmm. to be vocal about this. But like, like, what is the goal? Like, because these conditions have shifted so much, like what is the goal within these new conditions? Right. And is it to recreate the goals of a classroom or have the goals shifted because it's, I mean, like, it's like we're repotting plants. <laughs> you yes. mean like, well, is yeah, the, the goal, does the, the goal shift, has right? Been, the garden has is starting com- from scratch. Totally. And so when you're thinking about, you're completely shifting the environment and the conditions, the goals for those plants have to also change. Right. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. maybe the goal isn't necessarily that they're in full bloom. Maybe the goal is for them to sprout. Like maybe the goal is for them to just recalibrate. And I think this is such an such a, a question that I'm, I'm curious about from a parent perspective, because I know that a lot of like kids are getting overwhelmed. A lot of teachers are getting overwhelmed. A lot of parents are getting overwhelmed, trying to almost like recreate condition learning conditions mm-hmm. in a classroom as opposed to being like, wait a second, wait a second. You can't recreate them because we've completely change them right I my expectations and and you know when I when it is a roller coaster for me right my expectations are changing Mm -hmm. and my um my reality is changing uh so I know my son Mm -hmm. and I know that being online too much is not good for my son no it's not good for anybody and that's it's not right that can't be the goal of this yeah no. And so he, I have to be with him when he's learning. I yeah. cannot leave my son in a room with, no. uh, you know, while he's doing that, he will mm-hmm. fool around and, you know, he'll uh, show everybody his bum. He will, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like he, yeah, he, yeah. he's, he, he's always looking for a laugh. Yeah. That's the thing about Becca. Yeah. He's always looking for a laugh. Uh, Cause he's a funny guy. Yes. He uh, he's a funny guy. So um, I, I don't want to say I'm lowering my expectations because no, not I'm not all. lowering my expectations. No. But I know that what happened in the classroom mm-hmm. two months ago mm-hmm. is not going to happen no. in our house. For anyone. Yeah. No. There not. was, you probably so, saw this tweet, but it was just like, we're not, this isn't even a distance or a homeschooling situation. No. This is a social isolation and we're trying to keep people engaged situation. <laughs> keep them engaged and keep them connected. Exactly. Yeah. So for, for Beckett and, Again, every kid is different. Yeah. The the most important thing for me and mm-hmm. Beckett's learning is that I keep up his speech therapy. That is number one for me. Yeah, that's there, important there is to know. No, there is no, that, that's actually number one, number two, and number three for yeah, me. Yeah, I love that. Now, that's going to be different for other people, sure. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's not number one. Maybe their their child doesn't need any help with that. For me, that is super important. You know, so my main priority with Beckett is his speech, his speech therapy for, you know, so that, that takes over for me for math or reading or anything. Cause I need, he needs mm-hmm. 
to work on that because if he regresses, I am mm-hmm. losing all of the hard work oh, he's yeah. put in for his speech well, therapy. And that makes sense because, you know, uh, like when this first started, they didn't mm-hmm. call it home learning. They didn't call it homeschooling. They called it continuous learning, right? Mm-hmm. And so what's going to be the most important skill to continue so that when we pick back up, we're not going to lose those. So, I mean, that's why like people are targeting the big ones, right? Literacy, speech therapy, yeah. whatever those those big rocks are. And so, you know, even just like giving people permission to let go, to let go of the other stuff to be like, this yeah. isn't about recreating. This isn't about, I mean, because other, the other thing too is that like people are learning how to be distance educators overnight. Parents mm-hmm. are learning how to be teachers and support staff overnight, right? And so just mm-hmm. that, like, understanding that, that the goals have shifted because the conditions have shifted. They have. Yeah. And the other thing is, you know, not every family has access to a computer or 100%. a laptop or, uh, you know, uh, strong Wi-Fi or whatever it may yeah. be. Our kids have two, three jobs. None of them are full-time. They have two, three jobs. And um, obviously a very scary time for them. But we we can't assume that everybody has access Mm -hmm. to the technology Mm -hmm. that is needed, right? Yeah. And so here's what I know is important for Beckett. He loves his two support workers. He Mm -hmm. has one in the morning and then he has another one in the afternoon. Mm -hmm. And he loves his teacher and he talks about them all the time. So we've made it, we're trying to get in this routine where at 11 o'clock every day, he does a video check-in with them. That's awesome. That's awesome. Right? And that's our baby step right no. now. Like, and I think that's, that's it right now. That's okay. And I and I love that he is able to connect to his support workers because there's like some places where the support workers aren't connecting with kids. And I just, I don't, it seems like an obvious like <laughs> support yeah, that we would keep I, in I place. Mean, I so just, I'm kind of surprised. And I, listen, the thing, uh, I... I am one of those people that, uh, you know, I would go to the wall for our support workers. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I believe that support workers are treated poorly yeah. by, um, by the school board and mm-hmm. by, uh, you know, a lot of people. They're treated like mm-hmm. glorified babysitters. Yeah. And, and they're not. No, they're not. Uh, and, um, uh, and so I will always advocate for them to get paid more money. They don't get paid 100%. enough money. They yeah. should all be full time. They should all like, I mean, we could do a whole other podcast just yeah, on that. Absolutely. But, but, you know, I think that there a lot of them are, are, um, just scraping by money wise. Oh, and now they're in a situation too, where they're trying, we're all trying to figure out this new world. Yeah together mm-hmm. and it's hard because many of our kids can't learning online doesn't work yeah you know? and so right now we're just it, it seems like nothing you mm-hmm. know checking in at 11 mm-hmm. o'clock every day but but that's where we're starting yeah that was week one yeah and uh next week is week two mm-hmm. and hopefully we can add in a little bit more yeah. right and see what happens but you know, Beckett's attention span isn't there for it online. Yeah. And, uh, and we still need to figure out how to make it all work. Yeah. You know? And I think one of the big questions that have come out is, and this, this again is for, I think a lot of learners where they either don't have access or don't have the digital techno- mm-hmm. technology skills to be able to interact for a long time is kind of this assumption that distance learning has meant that you have to do your learning online. 
right? Mm -hmm. As opposed to, wait a second, wait a second, you can have your check-ins, but uh, there's a lot of activities you can do just in your home with your family, right? Mm -hmm. And so this has been a really big question in terms of like, what can we do to support the environment of our kids right now, especially our kids who need extra support, is it's almost just like thinking rather instead of thinking, how are we going to support these kids in their homes? How do we support homes to support kids, right? Mm. And whether that means is supporting parents, supporting siblings to be able to just stay interactive, whether that's mm -hmm. speech therapy or literacy, like you don't need a computer to be able to continue to be engaged and continue mm -hmm. to, to target kind of those big area goals, you know? Yeah. And, and again, then, you know, I agree with you 100%, mm -hmm. but then that, the, the complication of that yeah, is, yeah. right here, here, you know, you have parents that are freaking out about, how am I going to pay rent or my mortgage oh, or buy so groceries? Mm -hmm. Or I was just laid off from my job and this and that it's, this is such a weird time so weird. and none of us, I mean, we weren't ready for it. Mm -mm. Uh, I, I, I know I wasn't, I didn't even know that this was a possibility. It never mm -hmm. crossed my mind before because I was just living my day, my chaotic day by day. Right. <laughs> um, and so, you know, parents already have this enormous stress on them. Mm -hmm. Uh, most of us do, yeah. and uh, and now it's like, oh my gosh, I I, I don't want to now they have leave to leave <laughs> my kid behind, and how do I do this, and how do I, yeah, and yeah. it's hard, right? Mm -hmm. Having a kid with a disability is hard mm -hmm. sometimes, mm -hmm. and when you are, I love having my family close to me, and I'm one of those people that I'm, you know, enjoying the small things mm -hmm. and all that sort of stuff it's still hard. Like hard I part. went and I went and sat on the toilet the other day yeah. with <laughs> the seat down yeah. and locked the door just so just I could time. have mm -hmm. 10 minutes to mm -hmm. myself. Mm -hmm. And within two minutes, my 11 year old was knocking on the door to tell me that she opened a new bottle of syrup. <laughs> and I'm like, Oh my gosh, I don't even care. Like, open it. You <laughs> open know what I mean? The syrup. It's just like, don't, you don't have to yeah, announce yeah, yeah. everything. It's just so funny, right? Oh, and here we are 24 7. And it's so. I, all I can do is laugh yeah. about it and yeah. try not to stress about it mm -hmm. and 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 pick one thing that's important to me. And for me right now, that yeah. one thing is Beckett's speech. And I think that's actually really good because my next question for you is going to be like, if you were to give advice to families in terms of, you know, um, supporting their kids at home, like kids who have extra needs or kids with disabilities, like what would be kind of like the one thing you would tell families? And I think that you kind of just said it. It's like, choose one thing baby one steps thing. one thing like what is the most important thing to you and your family and mm -hmm. to the longevity mm -hmm. of being a learner and I think that I think that's that's yes. a really good one and the other thing Shelly is I'm one of those people where I always look at a situation I go okay what's like wh what's the worst thing that's gonna happen yeah yeah I mean obviously uh we're all trying to stay healthy and safe right so mm -hmm. let's not even bring that into it but when I'm thinking about the learning right we've got till June schools till June mm -hmm. uh, uh you know apparently and <laughs> I I don't think we're going back I really don't no I don't, uh, think, so I don't think it's going to happen and um so what if my kids didn't do any online learning mm -hmm. for the next three months mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know yeah they're not in grade 12 like that's a whole other ball game oh, high sure. school is a different ball game and I'm not there yet and I can't speak to high school yeah but elementary school wise and where we're at right now, 
yeah, Becca's missing out on his grade seven graduation and his grade seven grad pictures mm-hmm. were supposed to be last week and all yeah. of those things. But I'm going to not think about that stuff. But even if my kids just read and work on speech and uh, we're learning how to make bread That's and beautiful. we're learning how to, you know, mm-hmm. like, you know, f- how flour and water and some sourdough starter. Right. From, you know, I love like, that the bread is taking off. Like everyone's yeah. making bread. But, I mean, if, yeah, that's, yeah. if that's, that's the most great. that I do for the next three months, and then, of course, summer vacation, yeah. I my, they're going to be They're going to okay. be fine. There's actually, there was an article that I read that was saying how, wouldn't it be, wouldn't it be phenomenal if in the longitudinal research they see that this generation of kids actually thrived because yeah. they got to be home with their families and play and not yeah. have that that pressure of because one one concern that people are having all over the world around, world around kids right now is the increase in anxiety right like there's yes. just there's oh. so much negotiating of mental health concerns and all of a sudden the whole world has stopped and it's kind of forced us to kind of pay attention to why are we doing what is all of this noise like what when do we really you need? have completely nailed it my mm-hmm. neighbor um also has three kids and we're mm-hmm. all you know good friends and uh she said to me she goes my kids have never been happier and isn't I that said, interesting mm-hmm. mine too right yeah and and she has um a child with a lot of anxiety mm-hmm. i have a child that has anxiety mm-hmm. uh Lord knows I have my fair share. And I will say that I have noticed a massive difference in my kids. Isn't it so, um, it's so fascinating I, to me. It really is. Here's the other thing. There's two things I wanted to actually ask you. I Is it fair to worry? Because that's what I do. I worry about everything. <laughs> is it fair to be concerned, let me say, mm-hmm. that... You know, we're going to come out on the other side of this pandemic, a different society. Yeah. For the better, I hope. I think so. I, I hope so. Yeah. Um, we might look at a lot of things different, right? Like we might start looking mm-hmm. uh, at virtual healthcare more. Right, like right. I know I've downloaded the app yeah. and it's a great way to, you know, connect with the doctor pretty fast and mm-hmm. I don't have to go into an office right now. Mm-hmm. Education, we're doing it online right now, it, it, you know, are we going to get to a point where maybe this is, you know, a way of learning? I don't know. Maybe we are. Mm. But is this, could this possibly let schools mm. off the hook for inclusive learning? Yeah, no, and that's online? a question. That is a question that has really come up. Um, I, I've really thought about that. I think the, sa- the, the saving grace in all of this mm. is that everyone is struggling by not having connection you know what oh, I, mean? I agree not just the kids who have disabilities and i think if anything what it's shown is the importance of connection mm. between kids right mm-hmm. because even if you have all 30 kids on your screen you can see them but they don't have each other and so when yeah. i really think about this i think you know sometimes we see a classroom as it's this community that's receiving information from this teacher that's sometimes it's an old an old way of thinking about education as opposed to what i'm really hoping comes out of this whole societal meltdown that's happening right now is that that's no longer how people learn Mm. Right. People learn by interacting and by transacting and creating Mm -hmm. new things together within a community. And a teacher is a part of that, Mm -hmm. but they are not the source all the time. Right. And so Mm. this kind of connects to curriculum theory that we know is already 
a, a more, uh, I would say, like, recent understanding of how people learn. But schools are so stuck. They're so stuck in this model mm-hmm. of, I'm going to bestow upon you knowledge because you're empty. As mm-hmm. opposed to, like, in this world that we're connecting, what we're realizing is that, like, kids need each other to learn, not just a teacher. And so with that, though, is that if we're really going to facilitate kids learning from each other, they can't all be the same. Because the more diverse these communities, the more we can transform our learning into something that's that's so it's so that's deep learning. It's deep learning. Yes, and I mm-hmm. agree with you. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. And I feel the same way as you. 100%, yeah, yeah, yeah. Percent. But the uh, the you know the. Uh, <laughs> The practical side, side. yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, Mm -hmm. I think to myself, okay, well, it always comes down to the dollars and cents, especially when it comes to, um, you know, different learners, when it comes Mm -hmm. to the disabled community. We know this, right? Yeah. Uh, From experience. But I also think that this is a chance to... We are we are being given this gift to mm-hmm. look at it different, and mm-hmm. I'm hoping that more people will see it the way that you and I see I it. I hope so. How important this is? Yeah, yeah. Uh, but it's something that I do think about a lot right and now. And I think you know, I think our context in BC is also really important. I mean, I wouldn't be so confident saying mm-hmm. that if we were in other parts of the world, mm-hmm. where mm-hmm. I think I think dollar, I think the dollar and cost of things. Some well, mm-hmm. I mean, it does trump a lot in general like costs don't use that word i know i don't know what another one is though i know override (laughs) every time i say it and i'm like i need a new word i need a word in many places the dollar overrides the goal and although like we have a very long and and deep history in british columbia of tensions between governments and funding and teachers what i do think that we we do have going for us in british columbia is we are absolute leaders in inclusion and we were absolute leaders in competencies and i do not know how we can meet those competency goals in isolation and i I do not know how we can meet those competency goals digitally i think i think digitally i think digital tools and technology is a tool but it it is it in itself is not the garden 100 percent. and speaking of gardens yeah uh so something that I wanted to do was yeah. I thought, oh, this is good. I'm I ordered um, online some yeah. seeds. <gasps> Me too. You did you? Yeah. yeah. And so um, the kids and I mm-hmm. are going to. I'm going to give them each a little thing on the I love deck it. that where they can grow beans and peas and spinach and lettuce. That's you know? so cool. And and that's about it, right? And we'll just see how it grows because, you know. We weren't doing things like that when we were living our busy lives two months ago. No, we, we sure weren't, weren't thinking about that, right? Yeah, yeah. Like that would have never happened. It would have been oh, on the who list has of time? things to do. Who has time? And All now? of a sudden now we oh have time God, to do things that are really important. They're real. And connection. This is, connections. This is what I, I hope is the is the is if there was one takeaway that I that I hope we take from this in mm-hmm. in homes, in families, in education, in just society, is how much we need to connect with people, how much learning does not have to look one way for everybody, how learning is interactive, and how we need to make time for for this to happen in every place in our lives. And not just the mm-hmm. classroom when our kids go to school for six hours. Exactly. Like it the happens biggest, everywhere. 
I think the biggest challenge, though, for parents like me, mm-hmm. well, I know it's a challenge in my house and I know with some of uh, the in my friends, too. It's, uh, you know, Beckett loves to have the iPad, right? Yeah. Like he loves the mm-hmm. iPad. Mm-hmm. And um, we were in this habit where we kept his iPad downstairs charging and he would get up. Like he was getting up at five in the morning just so he could go down there and watch, <laughs> you know, Teen Titans wow. go on the iPad. Yeah, yeah. And then I would wake up and get down at like seven <laughs> and the like, battery would be dead. And I'd be like, bud, what were you doing? Strategic. Right? That's pretty oh, yeah, strategic. No. He knows, right? So <laughs> what we've just tried in the last week yeah, yeah. Uh, is I said, there's, I hide the iPads now every night. Yeah, yeah. They're in my closet underneath all my dirty clothes <laughs> on the floor. And um, and then I've told them, I told Beckett, I said, you only get the iPad at four o'clock. Mm-hmm. From four o'clock to five o'clock, you get the iPad. Yeah. And I thought he was going to really hate me for it and really resist it. And he's actually been okay with it's it. It's the routine. It comes back to that routine. Routine. hundred percent. That's his strength. Yes. Yeah. Oh man, this is so good. Right, so, so clinging to his strength, right? That's exactly what it is. If he thrives in routine, how do we pull that in? So, okay, so I'm reading a book right now for book club. I do a book club every morning at 9 a.m. I know. And so the book we've been reading is Uniquely Human by Barry, um, Dr. Barry Prezant. Have you read okay. this book? I have not. It is. I mean, it's specifically talking about the autistic community, but yep. there are some gems in there. And what I love about it is that it's pulling, it's changing the narrative of disability away mm. from we need to make these kids comply right to how do we find those parts of our kids that that they thrive in and use it both to their benefit and our benefit to to help them learn and grow yeah. like it's all about the garden the next book is do you know jody carrington no jody carrington is is like up she well she's she's an up-and-comer in bc but she's very established in alberta she's a psychologist and she wrote a book called kids these days and that's okay. our next book club book starting oh, I'm April read it. no totally jody carrington kids these days um okay. she, she also does a little live broadcast every morning and so um i've connected with her and so we're yeah no that's gonna be our next book well, I'm going to read it. Give so how do I join this book club? So on Instagram, it's every yep. morning at 9 a.m. Except Perfect. for Sundays. And it's on live. And uh, it, it's turning into kind of just like Shelly commentary and ranting. But, so it's it's quite humorous. <laughs> uh, I'm in for it. Okay. 9 a.m. Can we do it during happy hour? You know what? We might have to set up another one. Tamara and Shelly happy hour. <laughs> Where we solve the world's problems. Oh, it's so good. It's so good. Okay. (laughs) I have one last question for you. And this is a question I ask to everybody on my podcast. Uh Uh-oh. Okay. Because I like to see how people answer this question differently. So this is your question. Given who you are, because everyone comes to this podcast with the entire history of their world in this moment. So given who you are and the life you've lived, why is inclusion important to you? Hmm. Inclusion has always been a part of my fabric Mm -hmm. of who I am. Um, So I don't know any different. I was inclusive before I had my son. Uh, But what my son has taught me is um, 
that we all have something to teach each other. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, inclusion, I, 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 Shelly, I hope we, we come to a day where it's not even a word. word inclusion. Yeah. Uh, so why is it important to me? Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. It's a good one, right? It, it is a good one. Uh, why is it important to me? I don't know why it's important to me, to be honest with you, because I don't know my life without it. You know what? It's so funny you say that because like, I'm doing my PhD research right now. Yeah. And I've been asking kids. So my research was in high school classes. And I'm asking kids, what's it like to be in a classroom with a kid with a disability? And one kid looked at me and he's like, this question is kind of like you asking me why water is wet. Yes. Yes. Isn't that so good? Way. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, well, what, what I, do you mean? What do you I mean? Think, I actually, I feel ridiculous that I can't answer your question, but, no, but I, I love it. I don't have an answer because I don't, I don't, it, all I can say to you is it just is important. It's who <laughs> I am. It's who my life is. It's who my my entire community is. Yeah. It's who I've and always I think been. It, and I think it, it kind of really gets to that point of this isn't just something you do. This is something who we are. Like, it's, it's something you, that, we, that we just, we are. We, well, it's funny that you say that because some t- somebody a long time ago told me that I was an egalitarian. And uh, I didn't even know what it was. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, what? Huh? Yeah, yeah. Is that bad? Yeah, and totally. I, I went and looked it up, and it's just somebody who thinks that everybody is equal. Well, okay. <laughs> and, and then I was like, you know what? Yes, I am. Yes, I am that. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> you're right. I am. And so mm. I've always thought everybody's equal. Like, yeah, yeah. I always think that I am no different mm. than... Uh, you know, the person that is uh, working at the grocery store through this pandemic, that's for sure. It is how we're going to get through this pandemic. Oh my goodness. Tamara Taggart, time just went like this. No, Shelly. It's so fun. Well, eventually I'll make my way over to Bowen Island. <laughs> One day can, we'll know. have a little mom's retreat and we'll have a happy hour. We've got a pub here. You do? Oh, yeah. No, you know what's so funny is now you, now, okay, do I have this right? Your dog comes to Bowen, but you've never been to Bowen? That's right. Yeah. George <laughs> has gone to the Bowen Island dog, dog ranch. ranch. <laughs> yeah. You're going to have to come with George one day. I will. We'll have I some, will. We'll, and I can't wait. You can like lay in the hammock. I will. Totally. With a yeah, totally. <laughs> okay. Well, Tamara Tager, thank you for joining me this afternoon during thank this you, pandemic. Um, yes. And I have one more thing for you to do. So don't hang up. Okay. 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 Do you want to just say bye to everybody? Bye. Thank you. Be safe. Be well. Tamara Taggart, Tamara Taggart, she's so cool. I want to be her when I grow up. Isn't she rad? Oh man, she's such a she's such like a super mom. She's a super woman. I love her. She's just just a, such a positive in, in, influence in this planet of ours. Um, but also just like she speaks from the heart, and she's like just has such such incredible experience to share. Um, and I just love her. I love her so. I really thank her for taking time out of her day on this Good Friday to to hang out with me a little bit and um and Beckett you as well. 
coming to say hi. It was so cute because we were on Zoom, and so he had his little headphones on, wearing green. Looked so great. Uh, so, yeah, so just a few takeaways from uh, my conversation with Tamara. Um, just, oh, man, I think the biggest one that I'm really getting from our conversation, but also just, like, in the world right now, is, you know what, friends? We need to go easy on ourselves. Like, these... Uh, the world right now is, is not what any of us are used to. And it actually is a really good kind of um, example of, you know, just the dysregulation that a lot of our kids feel when things are unpredictable. And, you know, a lot of our kids, this is their every day, you know, or even like a lot of our families who have kids who are negotiating health impairment and, you know, um, just the worry that they have of, of not being able to just navigate the world freely. And so I think this is a, this is a really huge exercise in empathy for all of us, but just to kind of give you an idea of it's hard, it is hard work. And so we need to kind of go easy on ourselves and our kids and know that the goal is not to recreate school for the, for kids right now this isn't distance learning this is we're surviving we're surviving a pandemic which hasn't happened in any of our lives so i think you know if you're a parent or if you're a teacher or if you're or if you're an advocate out there listening to this um let's be really really gentle with ourselves and let us lay in the hammock and let us you know spend a little too much time on screen time and, you know, get out there and plant your gardens and, you know, like just, you know, be together. And I think, you know, one thing that we talked about in the interview that I'm really, really hoping comes out of this is just some of those really big ideas about the importance of connection and the importance of, you know, how much we need each other and uh, that, you know, Technology is a tool, but it is not itself the garden. And I think that's one thing that I'm going to put in my pocket. Uh, Tamara reminds us... Tamara reminds us about um, sometimes the struggle that families are going through right now about, you know, this whole change in routine that has happened. And then on top of all of this, they're kind of being expected to, to be a teacher. And I think that she's she's absolutely right. This whole idea of like people aren't sure about their income. They're not sure about their rents and their mortgages. Like so to also put on top of that, that they need to, you know, maintain these educational standards that are unrealistic i think we need to really really pay attention to that but also my friends we need to go easy on our teachers because this is we are navigating unfamiliar territory i know that distance learning as a concept has been around for a long time but you know even these conditions are not the conditions of different different distance learning this is brand new. I've been talking to some teachers who are like, this is harder than my first year of teaching. And if you have ever been a first year of teacher, you know that that says a lot. First year is hard work. And, you know, I'm, I'm talking to teachers who are just, they're working 24-7. And, you know, and, and, and I know that that's because they're feeling pressure from parents and they're feeling pressure from, from administrators and school districts and society to, to make this okay for kids. And um, I think I saw a tweet the other day that said... Um, that one district this in the states they were getting mad because they wanted to make sure their teachers were still only taking 30 minute lunches and i'm like this is not the time friends this is not the time this is a this is a time of choose your choose your big one choose the big one that you want to continue learning with um this we we can we have to choose our battles right now and that is not one of them so if you're an administrator or a school district or a parent Let's support our teachers, drop off Starbucks at their house, put some hearts in your windows with some teachers' names in there too because, um, you know, they're, they're supporting 
our kids right now and uh, deserve a little bit of applause like our like our healthcare workers. And so I just um, I salute you, educators, support staff, and administrators who are working so hard. And so let's just um, share the love. Let's lift each other up. Lift each other up. Um, if you are a student out there. Oh my goodness, make sure you leave some time to feel the sun on your face. Um, we've been doing little challenges with our book club every day. And you know, like it just, it really helps. It really helps me, just reminds me about what's really important right now. And um, I know that it's hard and I know people are stressed and I have a cousin who won't be able to have grad. And so I know those things are really disappointing, but you know, let's, you know, let's stay connected, build each other up and just know that we're gonna come out of this. Um, we're going to come out of this stronger. So I'm just, I'm really proud of everybody. I want to thank everyone for connecting um, on Twitter and YouTube and with the book club. And, and please join us if you want to. And I want to, another really big thank you for Tamara Taggart, who is is just a grounding force uh, for, for many people in our community. And uh, so find your Tamara out there. Find your Tamara. Um, listen to them. Take their words of advice. And uh, you know what? This is your challenge. This is your challenge. I want you, no matter where you are, I want no matter where you are, I want you to bake some cookies. I want you to watch a movie. I want you to put your feet up. I want you to have a bubble bath. Whatever it is to you that calms you down. Um, and just take a minute for yourself and remind you that we're going to be okay. And um, I know that this is a time right now where we can't hear that enough. So I just want to thank you for tuning in. And uh, we will keep in touch. You'll keep in touch online. And I will have another podcast for you in about two weeks. We're going to focus. We're going to continue focusing on distance learning because I know that's a big question for people right now and um, we're going to kind of talk to some teachers in terms of what we can do to make this manageable for families but also for teachers so stay tuned for that and I will my friends talk to you soon thanks 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 for listening everybody The Five More Minutes podcast is produced by Shelley Moore and Paul Madsen. You can find the Five More Minutes podcast on iTunes, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and on fivemoreminutes.com.